Welcome to Every Moment His. This sermon was preached from the pulpit at Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska, and we pray that you are blessed by the preaching of God's Word. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, as we begin this season with uh, ashes on our heads, reminding us of our mortality, we pray, Lord, that your spirit would be with us. We ask that you would help us, Lord, and help us to grow in every way that you would see fit. Uh, Help us, Lord, more and more to cling uh, to Jesus, who is our Savior and our hope, even in the face of death. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, there's a lot of things in our lives that we are called to remember. Um, You're supposed to remember to check your email. Remember? You're supposed to return your texts. You're supposed to call your dad back. Remember? You're supposed to put out the recycling, not miss it. You're supposed to return your library books. You have to remember to do that. You should remember to take your vitamins, and you should remember to take your medications on time. You should remember to pick up the kids. You should remember to pay the bills. You should remember to put in your grocery order. You should remember to pick up the grocery order. You should remember to return the clothes that didn't fit. You should remember your friends' birthdays and what they might like for their birthday. You should remember to buy flowers for Valentine's Day. You should remember to call your mother. You should remember, you should remember, you should remember. There's many things that we should keep in mind, that we should remember constantly. But tonight we're called to remember that we are dust. In remembering this, we are forced to confront our mortality that we are not the authors of our own lives, but instead we're creatures contingent on our God. He created us, formed us, gave us life and breath, and still sustains it. And we rely on Him for everything. When we remember that we came from dust and that we will return to dust, according to God's pronouncement against our sin, it forces us to remember our weakness It forces us to remember our sin. And as Christians, it forces us to remember that we need a helper in these things and that we need a savior. The early church fathers said that the task of the Christian is always to be preparing for death, to always be ready for that day to come. And so a few questions we might ask ourselves today, if we are ready for death, if we have prepared rightly, Uh, for that event, which is sure to come, unless the Lord returns. And so, have you prepared for your death? Or do you imagine that it will never come? Or that you will live a life into your old age, and you'll deal with it then? Have you written and said important words to the ones that you love? Or do you anticipate that you will always have that opportunity in the future, and so you can put it off? Have you put your possessions in order in this life? 
Or will you leave the opportunity for fighting and squabbles among your family and friends when you die and nobody knows what to do with your things? Have you thought about what the scriptures say and which ones you would like spoken at your funeral? What songs you would like to have sung? Or have you never thought that that was important enough to consider in life? Do you know which pastor will do your funeral? Do you know which church will host your funeral? Or is your relationship with the body of Christ ambiguous or disconnected? And you'll just have to leave it to your family to find a stranger to try to encourage them at the event of your death. Have you armed yourself with the words of Scripture, memorizing many passages, holding the promises of Jesus dear and near to you, so that when the day comes when you can no longer read and no longer hear and no longer see, you will have them as a treasure to comfort yourself? Or will you simply draw a blank in that hour? Have you trained your heart to grasp the sacraments as your assurance of your salvation? Will you grasp at wishful thinking and vague ideas of going to be in a better place when you must face that inevitable end? Have you reconciled with people that you have harmed, trying as far as it is up to you to live at peace with all people? Have you repented of your sins? Or are you secretly harboring rebellion against your creator? These questions are awfully inconvenient, aren't they? They're difficult or unsettling or even frightening, and I think the reaction is just simply to push them out of our mind again. But when we face these questions, it puts the rest of our days into proper order. It forces us to think about what is truly critical and important. With so many deceptions of the devil in our world and so many distractions of the world and all of its things that it has to offer us and so many self-delusions of our own human will, we can forget that ultimately that we are dust and we are in need of great help. And so that's what today is about, stopping and remembering that we are dust, to dust we will return, and we need a Savior. The people that James was writing to, uh, many of them had forgotten this. They had adopted a greater estimation of, of themselves that was really realistic. They had become arrogant before God. They were planning their lives as if they were the masters of their own destiny. Their vulnerability to death and the circumstances of tragedy in this life was far from their minds. And so they had their whole life planned out for them. And they expected to the last detail that it would go exactly how they figured it would. Where they would go to trade, how much profit they would make, where they would vacation, and how exactly their life would go. Yep, they had all their plans set before them. But the problem, James says, is that they didn't think about God in those plans. He was an afterthought or an add-on or just an extracurricular activity that could be tacked on somewhere. If they needed God in the future, then they would bother him. But for now, they were doing just fine, thank you very much. 
And really, they didn't want to bother him too much. We know he's busy. And I mean, he probably has people with real problems to deal with. And so, if the occasion comes up where I really do need him and I can't get on just on my own, uh, they were thinking, then I'll call out to him. God was not factored into their future at all. And so to sober them, James writes these words, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He continues to say, As it is, you boast, your boasting is arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. He points out that them boasting before God or assuming they know what their future is going to be is not just bad or neutral, but it was a great evil. They knew better than this, but they had refused to prepare in the way that was right. And this was wrong. That is, to live a life without reference to God and without attending to that great need of relationship with Him and His Word, this is an evil way to live. To assume you have control over your own future is foolish evil. Instead, James counsels, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. In other words, he's asking themselves to humble themselves, to recognize how fleeting their lives are, and to understand that they're contingent on the blessings of God, and not to think otherwise, to bring him into each one of their plans of their future, and not believe that he's just an afterthought. Uh, a number of years ago, I received an email from a, a friend, and he signed the email, uh, Deo Valente, which just means, if God wills. So you'd say, Deo Valente, we will see each other soon, if God wills. And I thought that was a fancy way of getting that across with some Latin, but I appreciated it. Uh, a person that I worked with at my last church would always say, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. And I kind of like that translation a little bit more because it just means we can make our plans but the Lord directs our steps. Uh, we can think we know what's going to happen in the future, but the Lord is the one who really is calling the shots. And so it's foolish to boast as if we know, and it's wise to understand that we are humble before him. Friends, the truth is that we shouldn't boast about our future because none of us really know what tomorrow brings. We should be cautious to walk with the Lord carefully and to trust Him. We should, instead of boasting in our own futures that we assume, we should boast in Christ. We should boast in what He has done. We should boast in the future that He has promised to us. We should boast in his victory over death, and that should be our boasting. That should be our confidence, not in ourselves, but in Jesus. Because there is one who remembered the reality of death his whole life and contended with it and went toward it for your sake. His name is Jesus. In Isaiah 50, there's a prophecy about Jesus uh, known as the servant songs, one of the servant songs where the servant of Yahweh goes and sets his face like a flint 
to do the will of God. And as we see Jesus after his transfiguration, he's heading towards Jerusalem. It says that he sets his face toward Jerusalem. Like a flint, he's focused on Jerusalem and he's telling all of his disciples, I am going there to die. That's why I'm going. Can you imagine that kind of courage? I am going to die and I'm setting my face with an unchangeable expression until I accomplish this. That's Jesus. When he gets to Jerusalem, he ends up talking to some Greeks who want to see him. And he says this to them, Now is my, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus admits he's troubled by the reality that's in front of him, but he knows it's the will of his Father to go through it for you and for me. And so he says, glorify your name, Father, because this is the hour that I have been purposed for. Of course, in the garden, we know that Jesus fell to his knees and sweats, great, uh, even drops of blood in great stress, praying out, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He was stressed by the reality of his death, but he still recognized that he was fully contingent on his father and the will of his father. And of course, it was the will of the father to bring him to the cross so that your sins and my sins would be paid for, so that you would be released from the bondage of sin and death. And upon the cross, Jesus cries out to his father, into your hands I commend my spirit. You see, Jesus shows us what it means to fully trust his Father, to be contingent on him at all times. And he did this to glorify his Father and to save you and to save me. He did this so that he could be raised from the dead and bring you with him from death to life, from dust to new birth. And this is our boast. We can say, as those who are in Christ, I know without a shadow of a doubt what the future will bring. I know that it will bring the return of Jesus Christ to this world and the resurrection from the dead. We can say, I know exactly where I will be when I die. I will be with the Lord in paradise. I will be with my Savior. He promised me. We can boast, I know exactly and precisely who will be with me. Christ and all believers will be with me in the end. The Lord Jesus has accomplished this for me. He is raised and he would not lie. You see, we can say, I don't know what will happen to me next year or next month. I don't know what next week will be like or even on my drive home. I don't know what the next minute will be like, the details that will happen in my life. But I do know the one who does. I know Jesus Christ, who is flogged and despised and hated and crucified and stabbed with a spear in his side and then is raised from death to life. I know the one who contended with death and won. And he is my Lord. And I belong to him. And it's in his, in his name that I have my future and it's in his name that I make my boast in this world. I don't know how many days I have left to live in this life, but the Lord has given me a heart of wisdom 
that I might know that my days are in the Lord's hands. He knows. I don't know the circumstances of how I will die, how I will return to the dust, but I know that Jesus will be with me as my shepherd, and so I will not be afraid. He will bring me to a blessed end. In Christ, I am prepared to face every circumstance of this world, every change and every chance of this life. And although I fear and dread death, I know that it has been overcome by the cross of Jesus himself. And so I will not be afraid. You see, the Lord gives us wisdom when we see what's the worst in this life. When we don't discard the reality of our death, we're free to see our great need, and we're free to see that Jesus has met our great need, that he has gone before us and conquered this great curse of death. He has drank in it to the dregs, and it's in his name that we boast. And so we can say, I remember that I am dust, and to dust I will return. But I also remember that Jesus, who is raised from the dead, will raise my dust from death to life in the end. Remember this, dear friends. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it was useful for you. If you found this particularly useful, you can share this episode with friends or family. You can also subscribe to our podcast and whatever platform you're using or give us a review that really helps other people find our podcast. This is also a teaching ministry of Holy Cross in Carnegie, Nebraska. And so if you do not have a church, we would love to welcome you into our community to build you up and to share the joy of salvation with you and the rest of the members here at Holy Cross.